It is the Dean Luggy Show. It's Sunday night. Georgia getting ready to take on Austin P. in about six days. Everybody is getting ready for football to begin. It really is a good time of the year. Uh, it's August 26. It's about as late as you can get into the summer without football. And um, you know, over the coming weeks, we're going to see a lot of different things. I think we're going to see a lot of different stuff from the dogs. We'll just see how they figure out uh, how to maneuver through this season. They're no longer a team that's sort of just in the top 10. Now they are a team that is in the top three. And uh, we will see just how important um, that is as the season goes on. Apparently you can be a top 12 team, top 16 team and move your way up. It doesn't really matter. Uh, as the season goes on. My name is Dean Leggy, D-E-A-N-L-E-G-G-E. -E -E. I've covered Georgia for the last 18 years at Dog Post. If you are watching this, you're one of the probably about 6,000 people who watched it last week uh, on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. I appreciate you checking us out. We're going to be doing this every single Sunday night. We could be starting to do it every Tuesday night as well. It sort of depends on uh, a few things that will happen in the near future. If you've not gone to Dog Post lately, you should go there right now. I mean, if you have your laptop with you, go to Dog Post, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. You can try the site out for a dollar for a month. A lot of people have been doing that. A lot of people have been sticking around. Uh, there is a big story tonight from uh, Dylan Weber, who uh, <clears throat> went down to Miami to cover uh, DeAndre Baker. Uh, if you've not read that story yet, it is a free story. There's no reason for anyone who's listening to this, whether it be on iTunes, Facebook, whatever, uh, to miss out on that story uh, about DeAndre, his home in Miami, and what he hopes uh, his future can and will be uh, over you know, these next few months, as well as over the uh, next few years, hopefully for DeAndre in the NFL. So... We'll just see how that goes. All right, as it, as it relates to Georgia and Austin P, there's no line for this game yet, which is, if you're not a betting person, that gives you the ability to bet on the game. Uh, and I, although I'm not a better, I certainly follow the lines very closely. It's not surprising that there's not a line yet on this game because of the fact that, um, you know, Georgia is playing a, a 1AA opponent. Uh, so that's not abnormal. The interesting thing will be to, I mean, I think everybody just wants to see how Georgia's going to play. Not necessarily, um, you know, who's going to win this game. I think we sort of know who's going to win this game. Uh, if Georgia wouldn't, doesn't win this game, it would be pretty stunning. In fact, they're 20 and, I believe they're 18 and 2 or 20 and 2, whatever it is, in their season openers since 1996. So, uh, I mean, Georgia is a heavy favorite to win, whether you're talking about what Las Vegas thinks or not. Um, and uh, I think the biggest thing, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more structurally here, but building towards next week is something that I'm going to talk about so that we can keep things rolling. I think, I think if you're coming into this game and you're building towards next week, uh, the big thing for Georgia is, you know, can they be crisp uh, defensively? You're, you know, for all of the talk this past off season or this off season that, you know, we've just ended, uh, the discussion has been about Roquan Smith has been about the, all of the losses on the defensive side of the ball. 
Uh, and those, you know, you can't ignore those. Georgia's lost Sony and Nick on the offensive side of the ball, too. But it seems like the focus has been on the defensive side of the ball, losing the linebackers they lost. Trent Thompson is gone. John Atkins is gone. So there are some guys to replace on the defensive side of the ball. The thing about it is, if if you're seeing the first team uh, defense getting moved on at all, that would be cause for concern. Uh, you know, last year against Appalachian State and a couple of years ago against North Carolina, Georgia just didn't let them do what they wanted to do, generally speaking. Um, I, it's hard for me to imagine that uh, Austin P is going to be able to do much of anything against this Georgia defense. But Georgia is not just playing Austin P. Now they're sort of p- playing themselves or playing a reputation. Uh, people sort of won't shut up about Clemson's front four. Let's see what Georgia's front four can do, or front three, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I get the feeling that um, the sum of the parts is greater than any one individual. I mean, you, you know, Dylan's article about um, DeAndre is a very good um, glimpse into this team. I mean, DeAndre was not a super highly sought out guy coming out of Northwestern in Miami. Uh, and now he is uh, preseason All-American and likely a top, you know, 40 NFL draft pick. Um, you've got a fair amount of guys on this team who, with the stars gone now, have their shot to step up. But there's plenty of stars that remain, even on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that one guy I would pay attention to for sure when he's in the game is Brent Cox. He is a very good player. He looks like he's, you know... He's got it all, you know, he's got everything you need. I don't know if he's going to start, but he's going to be a player over time. And he would be a guy that I would pay attention to for sure. You know, on the offensive side of the ball, and, and you know, people are asking about middle linebacker. Of course, that goes back to Roquan. I mean, coming into last year, everybody was talking about Natrez Patrick. Well, Natrez is back. I, I, I don't anticipate that he will miss his opening game. I mean, he's he missed the uh, national championship game. I think he missed the Rose Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. So he's sort of done his time as it relates to uh, suspension. So Natrez will be back as a potential first, second uh, string All-SEC kid. And then Juwan Taylor, Monty Rice, guys like that are, are going to be players. Uh, Monty Rice makes a lot of plays. Juwan Taylor is uh, not anyone anyone that... He's not a guy that people talk about a lot, but with Jawan, I just don't think he's going to quickly give up that starting spot that he has uh, gotten a hold of. And like a bulldog, I, I just don't think he's going to let go of it without someone really getting past him. Uh, in addition to all those guys, you've got the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm most curious to watch Justin Fields in a, in a real game. Um, he certainly looks the part. But, um, you know, when he gets in the game, is there going to be anything that's noticeably different, different at all in any way? My guess is that there won't be much different. He may run a little bit more, although Georgia has been a little bit skeptical about running with their quarterbacks, particularly their backup quarterback and Justin. You only got two guys on scholarship. They're not going to roll those guys out there and ask them to run around a lot. I mean, we saw last year in a game that was about as competitive as this one should be, I mean, against Appalachian State, that 
you know, the starting quarterback got hurt on the third drive of the of the game. That totally could happen here. Georgia's just going to have to be careful with Jake from, but Jake is going to have more to do this season. We've not talked with him at all since the well since the spring uh, and after the championship game in in January. But we haven't seen much of Jake Fromm. And part of that is, I think, because there has been a, a an alleged competition between him and Justin Fields uh, at quarterback. I don't know that the competition was necessarily to see who would start, more so that how much would any given person play. I'm going to say this again right now. My name is Dean Leggy. I've covered Georgia for the last 18 years. If you are not a member of Dog Post, uh, you really should consider it. We've got a lot of stuff that other people do not have in the form of reporting. Our message board is outstanding, i got to say, uh, full of intelligent people who are not posting um, gifts of food and um, women. Uh, it's basically about Georgia, football, and uh, other matters that arise. But uh, it's a very an adult board. Uh, and when I mean adult, I mean full of people who are mature, etc. So go give Dog Post a shot. It's a dollar for a month right now. Uh, I would take advantage of that. A lot of people have done so, and um, I'm glad that they have. Uh, here's something from Georgia, but that's nothing serious. That's just talking about tomorrow. Tomorrow is the first day of the season, for lack of a better term. Kirby will go at uh, 4 o'clock. Excuse me. Kirby will... We'll talk at uh, uh, to the uh, the, pre the press conference will be at, at twelve o'clock. Excuse me. Uh, Georgia will practice somewhere in the afternoon. Usually, it's around four o'clock. That's why I said four o'clock. But uh, you know, the the offensive line. I don't know if it should be better than last year, but that's certainly something I'll be watching as well. All right, here's the next thing: saving the game. We, I mean, we don't. We're not going to have a player of the week this this week because Georgia didn't play. We don't have a saving the game, but we can't do the bet the house on it uh, segment here. And what we're going to talk about there is uh, if you are uh, if you are if you are a better or if you're something if you're someone who just enjoys talking about that, you know, if you can even find a line on this game, which you might be able to, I would be hesitant to pick Georgia, and here's why. They really are not very good uh, in hot weather games against the spread over the last six years. Uh, in addition, if it rains and there's calling for some rain, Georgia has not covered a line against a team in the rain in the last six years. They have not covered the line, period. Uh, and I don't think they were going to cover it against Louisiana Monroe, but that game got stopped. So... In the time, in the last six years, in rain games, they've won the games, most of them, not all of them, but they have not performed up to Las Vegas' standards, and those are not all Mark Rick games. Some of those were Kirby Smart games, too, uh, as far as the heat is concerned. Um, Georgia doesn't normally play, and for all the talk that we have for such a long time about weather and um, the heat at the beginning of the season, fans make a big deal about it. Georgia rarely plays in 90-plus degree games. I remember the Clemson game in 2013. That was a night game. But that was like one of the most miserable atmospheres in terms of weather because it was so muggy. I thought it was like 90 degrees. It wasn't even close to 90 degrees that night. So 
for all the discussion that we have about the heat and all this stuff during these games, it really doesn't get that hot. I mean, it's not nearly as hot as it is in August. So, um, just, you know, it's just a, fa- a factoid, I guess you could say. There have been some questions here. Uh, and by the way, you know, I do this on five different, uh, variables or whatever you want, five different outlets at the same time, iTunes, Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook all at the same time. So if I, I cannot get to your questions, it is impossible anymore. Cause, uh, at this second, there are about 200 people watching live and that turns into about 6,000 people over a 24 hour period. But um, I have seen multiple times now someone asking about Cade Mays and him starting. So let me let me talk about the offensive line. I don't think that Cade Mays will start. Cade Mays is a true freshman from Knoxville, Tennessee. He picked Georgia over Tennessee, Clemson, and I I think those were the basic two. It was a big deal get for Georgia. It was a big deal loss for Tennessee. And um, he has really played well. Him and Brent Cox, Justin Fields, uh, they have had good... James Cook, they have had good uh, beginnings of their careers at Georgia. Um, I do not think that Cade Mays will start. I think Kendall Baker will start at left guard. And I think it will go Andrew Thomas, Kendall Baker... um, uh, Lamont, Galliard, Ben Cleveland, and then Isaiah Wilson. However, I do think that uh, Georgia is trying to figure out who their primary 6th and 7th offensive lineman will be. And I, I'm fairly certain that Cade Mays will be uh, one of those guys. But we're really getting into the weeds. Talk. I'm really getting into the weeds talking about that. That is more of a dog post question on the message boards I'll talk in generalities during these chats because we're getting a, you know, a lot of people are talking about a lot of different things. Um, and Cade Mays is a question more for the porch on dogpost, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T.com. If you're watching this or listening to this on iTunes, go check it out today. If you've not read uh, Dylan Weber's story about DeAndre Baker, you're missing out. With that said, there's been quite a few questions about how Georgia will do this season uh, what? How many wins will they have? Well, Las Vegas, last I checked it, had Georgia at uh, ten and a half wins for their over under. Uh, let me ma- let me make certain of that uh, before I um, proclaim that to be the fact. But that was the last I saw it from people in Las Vegas. I don't know if uh i'm not certain yeah it's 10 and a half so 10 and a half is pretty high uh there's it is rare that you would have someone set a line at 11 that just doesn't have set a season line at 11 for uh any particular team but um 10 and a half seems right to me i mean if you're if you're georgia uh and you have the schedule that you have you should be able to, you know, you should be able to get those 10 wins. Um, so Alabama's, yeah, Alabama's sitting at 11. That is really strong, <laughs> let me tell you. That is a high number. Ohio State, Georgia are at 10.5. Where is Clemson? Clemson's at 11. 
Clemson's schedule is pretty, pretty basic. So they, th- that makes sense that Clemson would be at 11. Alabama at 11 is a power, is the power of Alabama in that conference, on that side of the ball, excuse me, on that side and of the conference. And then Washington, the Washington Huskies, UW, they're at 10 and a half as well. The Gators are at eight. Uh, Georgia Tech is not listed. LSU is at seven. Miami Hurricanes are at nine and a half. Um, you know, Carolina, South Carolina is at seven and a half. Tennessee's at five and a half. Uh, these are some relatively updated uh, lines, I think, within the last, yeah, on Friday. So I say lines. But um, yeah, Clemson and Alabama at 11. I, I don't know that I would take. Well, see, at 11 for Clemson, you only get a push. You don't win. So you're not even winning at 11. So I'm not sure that 11 is a great bet for anybody. I mean, you're taking the over there. That means you're going to be undefeated for both those teams. And I think between the two of them in the last couple of years, neither only only once in 2015 did Clemson finish a regular season undefeated. They have lost in the regular season these last two years. And if I'm not, I mean, Alabama lost to Auburn last year. And in 2016, they lost to uh, someone. I can't remember who it was, but they lost a game there too. Um, So they didn't, well, they lost to Clemson. So they may have gone undefeated in the regular season. I can't remember off the top of my head, but those are really dicey bets. Uh, I would stay away from those. Even the 10 and a half for Georgia, if you bet the over for that, that means they have one game margin to lose. I mean, if you lose to South Carolina the second week of the season, you got to run the table from that point forward. You still got to play LSU at LSU. You still got to deal with, uh, you know, Auburn. You still got to deal with the Gators. You know, I don't know. Let's see. Someone's asking if the. It looks like people are betting the over on Clemson, right? No, it looks. Yeah, it looks like they're. I, I don't know, actually, now that I look at this a little bit better. Georgia, the under, you're going to get even money. You're going to get, you're going to have to bet $100 to get 130 Excuse me, you have to bet 130 to get 100 for the over on the dogs. Uh, it's even money for the under. And then uh, Clemson, you're going to have to bet 100 to get 125 and for the under for Clemson, it's 105 to get um, the under. Alabama, of course, is a 105 for the uh, – you have to bet a 105. But these are a lot of betting terms now that people are not going to know the answer. You know, they're not going to understand some of these things. But um, those are high line. I, I, would, I would stay away from 11. I mean, you know, even for, for Clemson, who does not – I mean, Clem, the problem with Clemson is – it's not the schedule. The problem is Clemson. I mean, they lose games they should not lose, and that's not unique to them. That's why once you start to get up to 11 games, that's a lot. I would stay away from that, you know, for for obvious reasons. It's hard to win 11 football games out of 12. It just is, no matter who you play, because you're going to have eight conference games. I mean, Clemson has eight conference games plus South Carolina and Texas A&M. So they, they have a lot of gimme games, no doubt about it. But they could certainly lose to South Carolina. They could lose to Texas A&M. They could lose to Florida State. They have shown that they can lose to NC State. They have shown that they can lose to Syracuse. So I wouldn't. I I would take the un. Well, I wouldn't bet on it. 
I think 11 is probably about right for Clemson. But Alabama, I mean, they don't exactly have a brutal schedule either. So, um, you know, Alabama getting to 11 wins would not be surprising at all. In fact, uh, Nick Saban has been 10-plus in all of his regular seasons with the exception of the 2010 season when Auburn won the national championship. So those are two of Georgia's main competitors. Those three schools, Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama, all in contiguous states, uh, are the betting favorites to get to the playoff and win the national championship. Alabama's number one, uh, Clemson is two, Georgia's three, and then it sort of clusters together after that. Ohio State is the four, uh, and Washington and Michigan, they all start jumbling together pretty good, but there are, it's clearly the betting public thinks that Alabama and Clemson have the best odds probably for different reasons, to win the national championship. Georgia is right behind them. Well, right behind them might be strong, too. They have about three times better shot of getting there and winning it than Georgia. But this is the season starts. I mean, like, we have entered the the, the vortex. We are here. We have survived another summer of doing chores, uh, of, of dealing with uh, children going to school, of having to take the trash out, or suffering through um, the summer and and baseball, oh god, it's so bad. Uh, but now your time is back. If you're watching this, you are definitely a college football fan. You may be a baseball fan. I don't know, but you're definitely a college football fan. And uh, your time has come. It was a. It was a. Even I mean, I watched. The games yesterday uh, with Colorado State and with Wyoming and New Mexico State. I, I watch all these these games all the time. I feel like I'm obligated to because there's just no telling what will happen. Uh, I could have to vote on it with the Heisman, etc. Yes, you know what? Someone was saying something about. I'll talk just real quick about the Braves and then the Washington Auburn game, which is actually a very important game for a lot of different reasons. The Braves have been something uh, that they have been a very interesting thing. Uh, an interesting phenomenon thus far. They really have played well. I'm curious to see if they'll get into the playoffs. But, um, you know, having grown up in Atlanta, I used to clean Atlanta Fulton County Stadium as a teenager. Let me tell you, that was great fun. Um, but uh, that's another story for another day. Oh, my God. But... Um, you know, the Braves just let me down constantly as a youth, and uh, I just kind of given up on the Braves through the years. I never, I never believed in the Hawks to be, or the Falcons, thank God, to begin with. But um, I did suffer through the Braves plenty of times, and um, but they have played well for sure coming into this fall. We'll see how that goes over time. And then the Michigan, excuse me, the Wisconsin. The Auburn-Washington uh, game is important, and here's why. If Washington is going to win the Pac-12, if UW wins the Pac-12 but loses to Auburn, it is going to be hard for anyone to take seriously their shot at getting to the playoff. Auburn, I don't think anybody expects um, for Auburn to get you know, to the playoff. There's, there's Georgia's in their way, Alabama's in their way, and Georgia may be in their way if they get back there again. So the path for Auburn is tough. <clears throat> the path for UW is not so tough, or at least not as tough. 
So it really is a critically important game coming into the season. No one game will... I don't think any one game will knock a team out of the playoff. But, you know, if you're UW and you can get the win over Auburn and go back home and win the conference, even if if Auburn goes 7-5 and five and they lose to LSU, if they lose to UW, LSU, Georgia, Bama, and State, even then, they will get credit for coming across the country and playing Auburn basically in Auburn's backyard. Certainly more of their backyard than what UW's got. I think Auburn's going to win this game, and the only reason why I think it is they're going to have 70% of the crowd it's in a dome, it's very loud, and they will have the defensive line that will give Washington some challenge, some challenges. UW is very good. They probably are the best team in the Pac-12. They have the best, arguably one of the best coaches in the country. So Gus Malzahn has got his work cut out for him. I don't, I don't, you know, I would take Chris Peterson in that matchup. But players play, and it really does matter what happens on the field in between the tackles. Auburn should be able to control things enough to win. Uh, Jared Stidham is a very good quarterback, possibly the best quarterback in the league. Uh, so if Auburn can avoid mistakes, I think they should win the game. But, you know, we're talking about a team that it, it's it's hard to know with Auburn. I mean, the last time they played there, they lost to Central Florida. So, it, you know, it, it's tough to trust them. But it's equally as difficult. I mean, two years ago, we saw what Alabama did to Washington. They can't even, they couldn't even, they hardly could move the ball. So, but, you know, it's a one-off situation. And, you know, I, you know, Auburn... Auburn going into that game right now is a two and a half point favorite. So they are they are a, like a fifty three percent chance to win the game, and um, you know that's that means something. It's on a neutral field, field, etc. I see someone's getting their their emotions really wrapped up into the Auburn situation here on Twitter. I I don't care. I'm just calling it like I see it. Uh, if they, if they lose the game, they lose the game. Here's a question on uh, Instagram about Miami and LSU. Uh, I'm going to make these picks on dog posts, but I, I, I'm going to take Miami. I, I think they're better than LSU is. I do not like, um, easy ed or drawn at all. I think Mark knows how to win these types of games. He's, and, and they're better. I mean, Miami's the better team. Um, I just don't think, I mean, I'm worried about LSU. I think they've got some legitimate problems out there and they, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's really um, it shouldn't be this hard at LSU. If you saw this sort of uh, sort of train wreck um, that has been LSU over these last four weeks, and you're having a player meeting in August, that is a that is not good. That is a real problem. And uh, in talking with, I was in. Um, I was in Kansas this week, and then I was in Nashville. I, I think I talked to somebody from the LSU area, though, not so long ago. And it's just, it's been a mess under Orgeron. And I don't think it's going to get better. Now, I will say this. 
on the globally speaking, LSU is is I don't think going to get where they want to go. Uh, on a in a one game scenario against Miami or Alabama or Georgia, you know they can certainly come up and play. They have they have the guys to give you trouble, particularly in Tiger Stadium. But you know I I don't like what I see from from them right now. You you cannot have a players only meeting. That's that's just that's not healthy at all. My name's Dean Leggy. I've covered Georgia for the last 18 years. I appreciate you joining me on this Sunday night. We're probably going to do this on Tuesday nights. I'll try to uh, make a more formal announcement about that. Although Sunday night apparently works out pretty well for everybody. There's a lot of people online right now watching this, which I appreciate. If you've not read Dylan um, Weber's story about DeAndre Baker, just go to Dog Post right now, D-A-W-G-P-O-S-T dot com. And uh, check that out. Here's a question about uh, Jaden Hazelwood. I don't know where this is coming from. Uh, I watched him play last week in Charleston, South Carolina. They had a hell of a win this past week um, in in Alabama. And uh, that was a really good win for Cedar Grove. But uh, the discussion about Jaden Hazelwood... And him decommitting or flipping or something like that. Maybe there's something to that. But I will say, after talking with some people at Cedar Grove the other day, that's not imminent if it's going to happen even at all. I mean, we've heard about this for a while now. And I'm far from being the expert on that particular situation. It's just that I literally just talked to them this past, like six, seven days ago. So I find it a little hard to believe that, um, that there's something going on there. And in addition to that, when was the last time Georgia really lost a player that they wanted under Kirby Smart? Like, like they really wanted. I, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen, period. But we will see, and, and things change. Um, things change all the time. He is a really good player. I mean, he's not sort of good. He is really good player. He plays with passion. Sometimes he plays with too much passion, but he is a really good player. Uh, he is the second best player I've seen this fall. And if you want to know who the best player I've seen this fall is, you can go over to dog post and, uh, we talk about that, uh, all the time. Final questions, wrapping it up. Yeah, they weren't really in the sandwich. I don't know about, I don't know about that. I, 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 I they didn't have space for him, as it turns out. So, um, I don't know that I buy that. Now, the junior college kid who picked South Carolina a couple of days ago, maybe, but we'll just see how that turns out too. I don't know. But Jay, Jaden Hillswood, they're George's gonna do all they can do not to lose him. Blaylock is not as good as Jaden Hazelwood. For me, that doesn't mean he's not good. That just means he's not as good as the number two or three player or four player in the country. That's all. I mean, Hazelwood's got tremendous upside. Georgia, I mean, A.J. Green was an exceptional receiver. receiver. But um, but Jaden Hazelwood, and, and Jaden is not that but he is a very good receiver for what Georgia has recruited. I mean, Terry Godwin was a it was a guy who played receiver and DB in high school and quarterback and punter and all this other stuff. Jane Hazelwood is basically a receiver, and that's it. I mean, he plays defensive back for Cedar Grove, and 
You do not want to get him the ball. I don't know why people ever kick to him. That is so dumb. Don't do that. That is a massive mistake. Do not kick to him. And yet you saw the whole day... The other day, it seemed like they that, that, that group from Alabama kicked to him. You can trust your coverage all you want. That kid is going to make you pay, and he did. Uh, last couple things here. Thoughts on urban drama? So I was on the board of trustees where I went to undergrad for nine years, and all I can say is that looked really bad with urban. They did not handle that the right way. I'm not surprised. Um, people's backbones just sort of go away whenever we start talking about sports. Um, that was handled poorly. I would hope that if something like that happened at Georgia, number one, the first thing that you would do would express massive concern for the person who has been beaten. Um, and then number two, you would appropriately handle the messaging, for God's sakes, coming out of your institution. That was poorly handled by Ohio State from the word go, um, but whatever. I see we have some sarcasm here on tr- Twitter, which means it's about time for me to get off. If you're listening on iTunes, I appreciate it. YouTube, thank you very much. Twitter, same thing. Instagram and Facebook. Facebook, we're going to get you back. We're going. I promise our audience will grow on Facebook, but uh, we had some corporate uh, things that happened that left me with very few Facebook uh, followers and that's what happens check for me on tuesday we will check check me out on tuesday we will likely be back then this is dean leggy signing off for uh another sunday night we'll see y'all after the game for sure but probably tuesday as well